can't say it enough. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Y'all, it's good to be home. That's right, here we are, January 3rd, with Christmas Day thoroughly fading into our rearview mirror. The lovely stresses of family and hams and mountains of wrapping paper are blissfully behind us for another 300 some odd days. But this is what I love about Christmas in the church. Christmas isn't just a day. Christmas is a season. It just so happens to be a season that has leaked out and gotten mushed around to mean something else for the rest of the world. Now, Christmas isn't about Santa. It isn't about giving. It isn't even really about family. Now, don't get me wrong. I have no qualms with Santa. <laughs> family is a many-faceted blessing. Giving is a fine habit. And while all those things are perfectly all right, especially the family and the giving bits, they are traditions and values that have sprung up as accessories to the event itself. Christmas is about something else entirely. Christmas is about the utterly implausible, creation-shaking, imbalance-correcting, history-altering incarnation of Christ. But... On the way back from visiting family last week, the deflated blow-up reindeer and pine trees on the curbside drove something home for me. For most of the world, we spend at least the entire month of December prepping just for Christmas Day. Y'all, there were Christmas decorations in Hobby Lobby back in August. And TV and radio stations played all the classics from It's a Wonderful Life to Run Run Rudolph since before Thanksgiving. Come December 26th, though, and it's back to I Love Lucy reruns and Beach Boys throwbacks. As far as the behemoth of Christmas in culture goes, by this point, Christmas is long finished. We've already turned our sights quickly to New Year's Eve and then on to the cash cow of Valentine's Day. But, we exasperated Christians say, but Jesus just got here. You leaving already? Can you imagine rushing around the house, cleaning baseboards and scrubbing toilets, only to shoo your guests away as soon as they finished wiping their boots on the, on the doormat? We wouldn't do that. We're so excited for far-flung friends and family to arrive. And we get so caught up in the preparation that when the doorbell rings, there's a jump of surprise as we race to the door for the reward of being the first one to hug that niece's neck, shake that uncle's hand. We crowd the doorway, a bottleneck of love, blocking the tired traveler's route to the couch. Now, once fed, we'll all plop down in the living room making chairs out of any halfway level surface. There's still some excited chatter, some catching up to be done. But pretty soon, someone starts snoring in the corner. And, and that's when the real loveliness of Christmas begins. The room gets a little quieter, while some unnamed bowl game on mute flashes on TV. Nobody's watching the game. 
Nobody's really doing much of anything. The dishes will get done later. The paper will somehow disappear. Even little Rob, who's already bigger than his dad, has finally stopped eating. (laughs) You can hear the tension, the movement, the worry. Exhale. And there it is. That blissful moment where everything stops and we're all just happy to be around each other. That's Christmas. That's what our season of Christmas hopes to be. Christ just got here. Sit down. Stay a while. After all, the implausible historical shakeup of God become human is going to take a while to process. Christ just got here. And for those of you diehards that made it to church last Sunday, you may remember hearing the beginning of the Gospel of John playing with these implications. You see, God is nothing new. And Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the Word made flesh, is a part of what God is. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all people. Those first verses ought to make your head spin. They ought to conjure images of creation and zooming stars and spinning planets. They ought to impress. But how could a star guide the way to Christ? This is the same bit of the Trinity that soared over the waters of creation, was present and involved at the, at the outset. A star announcing his birth is small-time stuff. But that small-time star points to something great, points us seekers to the one who will change everything, to this little baby who's got no business being the Savior of the world. We so easily forget who this little wrinkled bundle is, what he'll become, where he came from. For this little baby, as part of the mystery of God, in some way or another, was there as creation happened. All around us, all we are, All we will be started there. No wonder so many prefer to have Christmas wrapped up and tied off with a neat little one-off bow. It's a whole lot easier not to stop and think about it. It's easier not to ponder the implications of all this. But what would happen if we did take this chance, these 12 days, to let the weight of the Incarnation sink in, to find that almost level place to sit with Christ. What would happen if we encountered every day with prayers like these, O God who wonderfully created and yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature, grant that we may share that divine life of Jesus who humbled Himself to share our humanity. 
What would happen if we really sought to share that divinity and to recognize the dignity of all persons? Jeremiah seems pretty spot on to me. We'd start out grateful, rejoicing that we get to share this holy habitation with God incarnate right here, right now. We couldn't help but start every day with a hallelujah, I'm alive. Hallelujah, I'm here. Hallelujah, this world is here and I'm on it. It's gratitude. And our gratitude will be so overwhelming that we won't be silent. Won't take rest until everyone knows why we're so darn thankful. And why are we thankful? Because God is with us. God, who created us, and whose divinity grants our dignity, that God took the time to become us. That God, whose spirit swirled over the waters and lit the tongues of the apostles, that God is here. That God, the one who saves a beaten down people time and again and yet comes back for more, that God is here. And now it's our time to sit with that beautiful mystery, the mystery that the entirety of that God rests in the tiny little body of a defenseless child right in the middle of the bustle of this fragile earth. Now, down at Christ Church, We've been doing a lot of work with the homeless community with the help of some folks from other denominations. We'll forgive them of that. <laughs> it's an ecumenical Bible study and pick and porch. <laughs> it's one rowdy bunch to boot. We call it Mercy Church. And on Christmas Eve, just before the regular schedule got rolling, our friends at Mercy held their own Christmas Eve service. As boisterous as I've ever seen them. And one of the other ministers brought their infant son with them. And as she prepared to celebrate the Eucharist, she passed the baby boy off to the nearest set of empty arms. Me. Now, I'm an experienced uncle, so I'm used to babies landing in my arms from all directions. But there was something different this time. As the words of our story rang out, and the weight of that day washed over us all, this little child took on a different role. For a brief moment, he was no longer just some minister's kid. He was our window into the incarnation. I know, priest kids have enough on them already. This image isn't entirely fair, but I couldn't resist. Because for a sliver of time, this child held all the potential of the life of Christ before us. Swaddled baby. God among us. Emmanuel. Vulnerable. Helpless. Totally reliant on a set of empty arms ready to catch Him. This is a God we will reject. This is a covenant we will violate. And His is a message that will frighten. For His message will overturn kings and require the wise with their exorbitant gifts to kneel 
among the cattle. Yet, this message remains ours, ever open to our exploration, ever ready to restore, ever seeking to shine the divine light of dignity where it has been sucked away. We can't possibly figure this out in a day. Can't possibly get it in a single 12-day season. That's part of why we do this every year. Every single year, we carve out a time to drink up the light of the Incarnation and ponder what we could be if we just sat with the God among us. What a terribly sad thing it is when we're glad to see the Incarnation of God in our rearview mirror. So, now that the excitement's passed, let's hold on to this time just a little while longer, that blissful moment where everything stops and we simply are with Christ. Amen.